0: Good morning. We are glad that you are here and we invite you back at 5 o'clock Wednesday night at 7.30 for our Bible class and then again at this time next Sunday. On every occasion when we meet here, our aim is to open the Bible and become engaged in learning. But it's not just learning for the sake of depositing facts in your mind, it's learning for living. Living that pleases God and learning from God's word that motivates and equips us to spread the gospel and to help each other grow in the faith. Now, the minute you decide to be a part of a team, a group like a local church, you agree to participate to the best of your ability as both a receiver and a giver. Let me concentrate on that thought, being both a receiver and a giver. This is true in neighborhoods, in communities. It applies in the workplace. Any organization you belong to or support functions best when the participants are united not only in receiving benefit from the group, but in adding something, in giving, in participating. And in the New Testament, when you add up everything that is said about local churches, this holds true. Local churches function best when people are united Not just in receiving, but in giving. I want to offer three examples of this. The first local church, Jerusalem. Their early existence is documented well by Luke in the book of Acts. And Luke tells us about those people in chapter 2 in the very early stages. I want to read from Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and all came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Here on the page in front of us is our principle. These people are people who heard and obeyed the gospel. And it says they were together. Questions come up about that, maybe. How did all these people function? How did they carry out the preaching of the gospel? How did they assemble and receive instruction? Where did they meet? It says they were devoted to the teachings of the apostles. How did they do that? How did the apostles live and do their work? How did Christians in the group survive? Where did they meet? How was the work of the local church carried on? And the simple answer is they all pitched in. They all pitched in. They were doing what God enabled them to do and what God expected them to do to be a part of the group. They considered themselves members of a team, working members of a family. It wasn't just about receiving benefit, primarily through the Word of God and the teaching of the apostles. Are receiving encouragement from other Christians, they were givers as well. And that illustrates our principle. The minute you decide to be a part of a team, a group like a local church, you agree to participate to the best of your ability as both a receiver and a giver. There is a willingness to support the work, to do your part, to contribute, to participate, to use abilities that you have. And it is that spirit, that commitment that keeps local churches open and working. Receiving nourishment from the Word of God, the benefits of unity and worship and sharing, members of churches are receivers in so many ways but there's also the responsibility to be a part of all that to add something participate in the needs and work of the group under the leadership of its elders i have another example second corinthians chapter 8 2 Corinthians chapter 8. We'll read some verses there in just a moment. Verse 1 of 2 Corinthians 8 refers to churches of Macedonia. Macedonia was a region very similar to what we would call a county or a state today. And there were churches there in that region, Berea and Philippi and Thessalonica, We have evidence here that the members of these churches not only took care of their local needs, they had the capacity and they engaged in the sacrifice and the will to help other Christians in need. I want you to listen to this reading, please, in 2 Corinthians 8, 1 through 15. We want you to know, brothers... "...of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this, not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord, and then by the will of God to us. Accordingly, we urge Titus that as he had started... So he should complete among you this act of grace. But as you excel in everything, in faith and speech and knowledge and all earnestness and in our love for you, so that see that you excel in this act of grace also. I say this not as a command, but to prove by the earnestness of others that your love also is genuine. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you by his poverty may become rich. And in this matter I give my judgment that this benefits you, who a year ago started not only to do this work, but also to desire to do it. So now finish it as well. Finish doing it as well, so that your readiness in desiring it may be matched by your completing it out of what you have. For if the readiness is there, it is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. For I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened, but that as a matter of fairness, your abundance at the present time should supply their need so that their abundance may supply your need that there may be fairness. As it is written, whoever gathered much had nothing left over and whoever gathered little had no lack. You heard our principle, didn't you? When these people obeyed the gospel, they became a part of these local churches and they were receivers and givers they agreed to that their devotion to God meant they would do all they were able to do for the Lord's work in those places in this passage with regard to their giving may I offer these quick observations number one their giving is described as the grace of God I believe that reflects attitude. God has given abundantly to me. Since God has been a giver to me, I will be a giver. And what we give will glorify God, magnifying and extending His grace, operative in His work here in the world. These were not people who were reluctant givers. They didn't hold back They received good from God, that was from God's grace to them, and that compelled them by grace to be givers. So their giving was called grace. Their commitment and sacrifice and generosity was a result of their grateful reception of what God gave to them. Number two, they were not reluctant but cheerful. As Paul uses the example of the Macedonian churches to instruct the Corinthians, over in the next chapter, he says in verse 7, God loves a cheerful giver. The Christians in these churches in Macedonia exhibit the impact of God's grace in their lives by being willful, cheerful givers according to their ability. Churches cannot continue, cannot sustain the work without this kind of attitude of generosity and devotion to the Lord's work. They gave according to their individual capacity. No percentage was imposed. This was voluntary giving according to the resources or capacity of the individual givers it says in verse 12 according to what a person has so paul is writing to the church at corinth to motivate them and he's using the good example of the teamwork and the generosity of the churches of macedonia we get the distinct impression that the members of those macedonian churches saw themselves not only as receivers of good things, but givers according to their ability. They valued the work of the Lord to the point of sacrifice. They were not wealthy in this world's goods. Verse 2 says they were undergoing their own severe test of affliction that was called poverty. They were receivers of the grace of God, though, So they became givers, placing the highest value on their duty to God and their devotion to His work and to His people. One of those churches in Macedonia was Philippi. Philippians 4, 10 through 20 is our other example. Philippians chapter 4, 10 through 20. Paul said... a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. The Apostle Paul, the preacher, was devoted to the Lord's work. He was not preaching for money. But like everybody else, he had to live. He argued strongly for the support of preaching in 1 Corinthians 9. He called upon Christians to give, to recognize the need and be participants in the support of gospel preaching. The church in Philippi becomes an example of what we're talking about. They received benefit from God through men like Paul. And they were not just receivers, they were givers. So, Jerusalem, the churches in Macedonia, including Philippi, filled with Christians who saw themselves not only as receivers, but givers. Why do you think this was written in the New Testament? I think we understand this is more than just interesting reading. This was revealed from God through Paul to the church at Corinth about the giving of the Macedonians for our learning, our self-examination, My individual giving, your individual giving, reflecting the principle that when we join a team and become a part of a group, we take on both the benefits and the responsibilities of the group.